This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, we were all set to devote the lead here on Fight Back on the terror threat that police averted yesterday. But first, we have to deal with the explosive developments in the last hour. As you just heard on Bob's News, you can now watch or listen to the video that touched off the biggest political scandal in Toronto's history. It is the infamous cell phone video of the late Rob Ford smoking crack cocaine. By the way, what you heard was a very heavily heavily edited version to remove some of the expletives in that video. And it's the video that the former mayor tried to deny was real until he finally admitted to cocaine use in May of 2013. It was released as extortion charges were dropped against Ford's friend and former driver, Alexander Sandro Lisi. He was charged with allegedly trying to extort a now-convicted gang member to get hold of that cell phone clip. As you also heard in the news, Ford's brother Doug says he and the rest of the family are very disappointed by the release of this video at this time. So we want to know what you think about that. The numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. But right now in studio, we have Ross McLean, a security and crime expert who knew the Ford family. And also, Ross, uh, you were in court this morning to see the proceedings uh, dropped, the charges dropped against Sandra Lisi. Yeah, I went down uh, to watch them today. There's uh, some people I knew who uh, had some inside information. They knew that this has been in the works for over a month, that these charges were going to be dropped. And uh, everybody was hoping it was going to take place today and there wasn't any hitches. And and that's what happened. They went into court and the Crown asked to have the extortion charges withdrawn. And the judge asked, had, had them say, okay, well, why are you withdrawing them? And what are the facts of the case that you agree to here? And they went through that, and ultimately the extortion charges were dropped, and uh, Sandra Lisi entered into a peace bond for one year. Okay, so why were the charges dropped? Well, according to the Crown, uh, the case uh, was probably not all that strong to begin with. And the Crown started off by saying uh, they went through a five-day preliminary hearing to try and get some of the evidence together for that. And two of the people who were supposed to have been the extorted people did not partake. They did not want to testify. That made it tough. Post that, they said that the case became more frail because the uh, former mayor, Rob Ford, of course, was going to be called as a witness as well. And he passed away because he was ill. So they essentially said that the case has fallen apart. Uh, There's not much more reason going forward with it. And they felt that entering the peace bond would be the way to go for it. So what, is, what, is, what are the conditions on the peace bond? Well, the peace bonds are basically just to stay away from uh, the residence where that video uh, tape was done and the Basso family who are there and to stay away from uh, the other two people. 
who are the extortion uh, victims, supposedly. And uh, aren't they in jail anyway? That's going to make it rather easy to stay away from them. They're both locked up behind bars and uh, thick walls, so he'll have no trouble with that. So this is a bit of house cleaning. I might add, though, that uh, Sandra Lisi's lawyers uh, did want to say uh, as to why uh, Sandra Lisi also agreed to the peace bond. He agreed to the uh, the facts that were read in, but he said that this is... Uh, he was very loyal to uh, Mayor Ford, Rob Ford. He felt loyalty to him, and he wanted to defend him any way he could. That's why he was looking at trying to get that uh, videotape back. But he felt that now he wants to go on with his life and that the mayor has died. Uh, he, there's no really a friendship to defend there anymore. So for him, it's the easiest also just to enter into the peace bond and uh, move forward with his life. And try to. Um, he's, he's had a hard time of it. Yeah, well, his lawyers have actually uh, said that. They went out and they spoke outside the courthouse after. And they said, look, you know, millions of dollars were spent on this uh, Project Traveler uh, to bring a lot of people into it with not a lot of charges in it. Like all of the charges against Sandra Lisi were dropped. There were never any charges against Mayor Ford. You know, they had uh, the one murder where it was at first degree murder uh, where Anthony Smith was killed. And that was pled all the way down to a manslaughter charge from a guy who walked up behind someone in a bar who he was fighting with and deliberately put a gun to the back of his head and pulled the trigger. I mean, they pled that down. So, you know, the lawyers are making the case that, you know, millions of dollars were spent on this and it's caused a lot of trouble for his client. And they felt that it wasn't really worth it. Uh, So... Is there a point to dredging all this up now? I mean, the the the, uh, the it was evidence, and uh, it, we you know so we're seeing it now because it was released. There's no publication ban on it anymore. But uh, is there a point to seeing it now? You think? Well, I guess for some people there'll be curiosity. For some people there'll be glee and joy. Those who didn't really like the mayor, and for those who who uh, liked him and cared about him, they'll find it as being just uh, kicking a man when he's more than down. He's dead and gone. He's he's dead and gone. It's, um, it's interesting because this whole episode in our history, it, it seems like it happened in another lifetime, at least to me. Yeah. And, you know, th- th- there were lots of strange things about this. There are p- people who feel very much so that this was uh, a very much a political takedown of the mayor using the police and the police chief doing it. You know, the, and there's others who will say, well, no, no, he was a bad guy and he got busted. He was Isn't doing his drugs. Isn't that a bit of a conspiracy theory? <laughs> well, it is, a, it is a bit, but you have to look at some of the other things that happened. You remember when they were doing the warrants and they were doing the surveillance on the mayor and he wasn't the one being charged in the case and they did the information to obtain where they had to write all the reasons they wanted to obtain a warrant and they included a picture of the mayor going to the washroom against a tree when it had nothing to do with what was going on. So many people thought that this was just a way of running him down with the backing of uh, being behind the police when they're doing it. And I have to tell you, I'd like to know the reasons why they felt this. How much money did they really spend on this? I mean, we've got a lot of unsolved homicides in this city, and we had all of our police and our intelligence running around chasing the mayor with no charges to show for it. Yeah, but on the other hand, if there was evidence, and clearly there was, of our mayor smoking crack cocaine, isn't that something that should be followed up on? No, it is something that should be followed up on. You know, But even the OPP, remember the OPP were brought in to overlook the case and see what was going on with the case? And the OPP apparently were asking questions at the time, well, hold on, you're charging this guy, Lisi, with extortion. Why aren't you charging 
the drug dealers who took the picture who are asking for the hundreds of thousands of dollars and trying to sell the video. Why aren't they being charged for extortion? Uh, the OPP asked that question. It was asked by the lawyers today outside of court too. They wanted to know, well, why weren't these drug dealers, these gun runners, why weren't they charged with extortion? So it's, it's a real mess, a lot of money with not a whole lot of answers, uh, Libby. There, there really isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I will tell you one good thing out of this that, that did come out of uh, the mayor being caught and everything happening is he cleaned his life up. He, he went clean and sober for over two years. He kicked the whole habit, the alcohol, whatever the drugs were there. I've talked to the guy who was uh, his trainer who helped him through it, Phil Zulu. He works with some of the top NHL players. And he watched him get better and better and work until they, he came up with the cancer problem. And that showed up when he was doing some of his exercises. So at least the mayor got clean and he got to have a few years uh, with his children and his family. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, do you think there's any point to us seeing this now, aside from uh, what I would call a kind of prurient interest? I don't. You know, I, I I have not watched it yet myself. I haven't had the opportunity. I am going to take a listen to it, though, because I was told by one court reporter who had heard it uh, prior to it being released and seen the video. He said that a lot of the reporting on it was the mayor said this, the mayor said that. And he said, no, I have yet to check this, that it really was other people saying it and the mayor sort of agreeing with it or disagreeing with it. The, the mayor sounded extremely stoned to me, and I could just hear uh, agreement and a lot of expletives. Every in, second word was an F word in that video. Yeah, in fact, I, I know for a fact, uh, Joe Warmington, who I know has been on this show before, the writer for the Toronto Sun, he talked to the mayor often, and uh, Joe told me that the mayor told him that he had absolutely no recollection of that being done. Like he was so far gone, he was blacked out. Like he had no recollection of the video. Well, he We're told sitting us there. all that, that he was in uh, one of his stupors, drunken right. stupors. This was a drug stupor. Right. Um, right. Um, so, uh, you know, do you think that we just close this chapter now? Well, that's, it's, maybe, it, maybe it will close, maybe it won't close. I don't know. The specter of... Uh, of uh, Rob Ford and the Ford family in politics and in this city. Young Mikey Ford is now a councillor out where Rob used to be, holding his seat doing it. We don't know if Doug Ford is going to be running for mayor or for provincial office. Um, you know, Every once in a while, we still hear that term, respect for the taxpayer, when we talk about budgets. We'll see if we hear any more of that. What about Ford Nation? Have you seen uh, evidence of uh, Ford Nation resurgent. Uh, people out there, if you're part of Ford Nation, give us a shout. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're talking about the famous, infamous, notorious crack cocaine cell phone video of Rob Ford just released in the last hour. Do you think uh, that's in the public interest to see that? Is it just a kind of uh, voyeuristic interest? Um, Is it disrespectful to Rob Ford's memory, his legacy? Let us know what you think. I'm here with Ross McLean. Ross. Yeah, I tell you, is Ford Nation still about? It is out in Etobicoke. I went out to see when Mikey Ford, uh, who's just 22 years old, uh, got elected as the councillor. And he went out, and everywhere he went, all people did was talk about his dad. I was with them. As a matter of fact, I was with them. His his dad is is apparently in jail. uh, His uncle. His uncle, I'm sorry, yeah. yes, yeah. Well, M- well, Mikey Ford's had uh, uh, problems within his family, and I, I talked to him about that, uh, where his father was in jail, uh, you know, and very serious issues. And I have to tell you, Libby, he remarkably is a very uh, mature, sensible, 
uh, focused young man. I, I'm actually very impressed with him. He's 22 years old, but he talks more like somebody who's about the age of 30 who's worked a lot in customer service their whole life. So now he's not Rob Ford. There's only one Rob Ford. Even uh, Doug Ford wasn't. Not, not Doug no. Ford either. No. He said, he's, I think he said himself that he was, uh, we, we did chat with him briefly on the show here, uh, that he's going to be uh, kind of toned down from, from his uh, elder relatives. Yeah, but I have seen from him his absolute focus on customer service and dealing with people. When we were, when we were chatting outside this one restaurant, taking some pictures during the election, a woman came up who was from one of the worst parts of the city. And she said, this is, God bless you, you're here, I have to tell you, I talked to you, you know, uh, to Mayor Ford so much, I need your help. And she talked about problems in her, and he got right up, went with her and her children back to her, back to her project's house that she was in, took down notes, took pictures, and helped look after that woman. So he's got the, the service attitude for sure. Okay, let's take a call. We've got Ed in Toronto. Hi, Ed. How are you? Fine, how are you? Oh, pretty good, uh- Beautiful summer, I guess, overall. Yep, hot. Been a little bit uh, too long in some of the stretches, but fine. But let's get to the point. I I agree with Ross uh, on almost everything he says. And the OPP, no wonder. They must be shaking their head. It's just like me assaulting you or Ross, and and they're going to charge you or Ross for being assaulted. To me, uh, and Ross is kind of hinting on it, this was strictly political. and uh, That's one opinion. Uh, well, we know it. Cause yeah. Once he put the clamps on all the councillors to cut their budgets, all departments, including the police department, especially the police department, and we know who the police chief was, all of a sudden, it's kind of ridiculous, like the OPP said. I agree with the OPP. How come we're not going after the guys that are extorting? Why wouldn't you go after me if I assaulted you? I mean, this is all political, and there's no doubt about it, and Ross is hinting on it, and Ross, I agree with 99% of what you say, because, uh, and I think they're afraid of the young Ford coming in there, because he may uh, be in the taxpayer's uh, realm, and how many counselors, personally, I've had called counselors dozens of times. They never called back. Do you know, I'm not even in Rob Ford's area. I called his office just to check this out. He calls back, even when he was mayor. So I, I should, I should point out. Somebody else in there, you go ahead and do it. I should point out that uh, that girl I talked about that came up to Mikey Forbourne, yeah. that wasn't his ward. That was next to his ward, and he Isn't went and did all something? the work anyways. Isn't that something? And I've called counselor's office. They never called back. I'm so fed up with these guys we got that just sit around the office. They don't know what they're doing. Bike lanes on Bloor Street. These two guys should be thrown out of office. These people on Bloor Street are struggling. Just one thing after another like that. Okay, Anyways, Ed. that's my opinion. Okay, Ed, thanks for your opinion. Bye-bye. Libby, I'll give you one other piece of irony in this. Yeah. Of course, the chief at the time looking after this whole Rob Ford investigation was Chief Bill Blair. Of course. Who, as soon as he left... Uh, you know, of course, he's the guy who helped see Lisi get charged for his pot possession charge. Of course, the irony now is Bill Blair is in charge of legalizing marijuana and doing that, all the rules for it. That's, so the irony there is kind of rich, if you there ask is, me. There is a lot of irony. Uh, we're going to take a quick break now. Uh, when we come back, we are going to turn 
to that terror threat and some big questions around what happened yesterday, uh, very important to all of our security. Welcome back. Uh, Well, we turn now to the terror threat averted by police yesterday. A suspected ISIS sympathizer believed to be the lone suspect in a suicide bomb plot on a major Canadian city was killed yesterday during a dramatic takedown by a group of counterterrorism authors, officers in Strathroy, Ontario. He's identified as Aaron Driver, 23. He was killed inside a home in Strathroy, and he was well-known to Canadian intelligence and police officials for his support of an Islamist terrorist group. I mean, he brought this attention on himself. Uh, he was posting about it on social media. We even heard... Uh, I found this incredible, this interview he gave to the CBC, which they ran, where he justified the attacks on Parliament Hill. Uh, Now, according to the information, he was going to carry out a a big suicide attack uh, at rush hour yesterday, uh, most likely at Union Station. I found a few things about this, uh, Ross, kind of interesting, and it was that I thought there was more information than we usually get about it. And uh, I know for obvious reasons, we usually don't hear about terror threats that are, we don't hear about the successes. Uh, But this one, to me, also, it it was kind of um, low-hanging fruit. I mean, this guy was known, he was easy for them to follow because uh, he didn't make any kind of effort to cover his tracks yeah, well, there is many interesting things about this case. As we've talked about before, many of these terrorists, uh, when they do carry something out, we find out after the fact that the police, in fact, did know who they are. The police have, in fact, approached them before. They've had them documented. Uh, that happened even in the case in Quebec where Patrice Vincent, the soldier, was ran down in Quebec. The man who did that, the RCMP were engaged with him, tried to counsel him, tried to get him out of radicalism. So this is another case where we have a person who's uh, radicalized, who came on the police's uh, radar. And I have, to, I have to say, I give a lot of credit to the RCMP that, they're starting, that they started to use those terror peace bonds, and they started to do that. They, they were sort of hesitant to do it before, and I complained about that after the Quebec one. Because these people Can need to be looked at. Can you explain to us what those terror peace bonds are? Yeah, if if the if the police have reasonable probable grounds to believe that you may partake in a some sort of terrorist activity or that you may support a terrorist organization or you encourage terrorism, that they can go and, and lay a peace bond on you. You have to come into court and they'll say why there should be a peace bond that says you can't do certain things or do go can't to places. Can't use your computer. Yeah, I actually talked to a lawyer about that outside the courtroom today. I'll I'll, I'll digress that for, on that for later. Uh, but these peace bonds uh, are at least a step in the right direction. I'm going to tell you something funny about this case, though, about this Aaron Driver. He came on the radar for the police after the Parliament Hill killings when he went on there praising the Parliament Hill shootings. I'm sorry. Yep. When he when he was up there for doing it. So he came on the radar, kept on doing it, uh, kept on offering support for ISIS. The police finally arrested him and were going to charge him. And now they let him out on bail pending mm-hmm. this. Now, when he was out on bail, he had heavier conditions on him and an ankle bracelet. Up until he had his peace bond hearing this February, they argued in that peace bond hearing to take the ankle bracelet off of him. And the Who's judge, they? His, well, his, his defense lawyer, lawyer yeah. his defense lawyer, they said they thought this was unreasonable to do. So that came off. They still had the, the conditions on that he couldn't use a cell phone or a computer, but they were coming off at the end of this month because they said, oh, school's going back in and maybe he wants to go to school, so he'll need that. 
But he also was ordered to live in this uh, home in Strathroy, where the people of Strathroy are just beside themselves, wondering how they didn't know that, about is this. Is that a, uh, someone who, mem- a family member's home? Uh, we don't know. I've, I've heard some talk that it may be a, uh, a sibling and a girlfriend. Uh, we'll find out more about that perhaps from the police press conference. Interesting, you know, uh, his father, who I think lives in Winnipeg, or, uh, you know, was quoted as saying that he wasn't surprised. And, you know, so, you know, I, I don't like to attribute these kinds of things to somebody's upbringing, but apparently, you know, he bounced around as a kid. His mother died when he was very young. Uh, and the father said, not surprised. Yeah, the father's retired military, and uh, he's, he said he has no problem with what the police did, the fact that the police killed him. He said they gave him lots of chances to give himself up. He says he's horribly disappointed, but he thought his son would end up this way. But to your point about uh, these people who get turned radicalized, because he's a Canadian, he's, he's yeah, here. He, he's a convert to Islam. Yeah, he's a convert. And so uh, what they look for when they're radicalizing people is people who are easily influenced, people who are looking for an identity, people who are looking for something to cling to. And he went through the classic radicalization. Uh, when he got involved with it, he changed his name to a, to a Muslim name. He started to grow the Muslim facial hair, and he started uh, talking about the uh, more radical beliefs of Islam. So he exhibited all the classic signs. Okay. Uh, Ross, we are going to have to wrap things up there because uh, we're going to be turning to another subject important for people's health. Ross McLean, thank you so much, as always, for some very interesting information. And uh, thanks a lot. See you soon. Thank you, Libby. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.